two. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 9th of 2019. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Wallace from HockeyHeads.com. This week's podcast, we have a brand new signing as of yesterday to discuss, and that is Jeff Skinner staying with the Buffalo Sabres, not testing unrestricted free agency. Uh, There are some other rumblings of interesting names, trades, buyouts, that kind of stuff. Uh, Lucic, Erickson, Corey Perry, um, among those named. And then, uh, of course, we have the Stanley Cup final. Uh, We are going to lead off with the Jeff Skinner contract, which was the eight-year max, and it's going to be $9 million per year for a cap hit. So $72 million overall. Pretty good payday for Jeff Skinner. He's 27. So he's actually, as far as unrestricted free agency goes, he's about as young as you can get because uh, he entered the league right at 18, and he's seems like he's been around forever, it's kind of because he has, but he's still, <laughs> still um, when you talk about UFAs, um, on the younger end of that. So uh, did you have any immediate thoughts about the deal? Uh, good signing. You got to pay for goal scorers, and he's going to get to play with Eichel for the next three or four years. So they kind of need to make hay while the sun shines now, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- what else was going to happen? I mean, you let him walk. You kind of where's that leave him? There's yeah. no replacing that. No, I mean he had him all. by the short and curlies. Really, they were going to have to pay him you know, this sort of money. And, you know, I was looking at the, the 9 million and I kind of knew all along that it was going to be in that neighborhood and there'd be a little trepidation about giving him that kind of money because he he's coming off a career high 40 goals. He's coming off a career high shooting percentage of 14.9. When you combine those two, uh, usually it's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, and most times it is, uh, but I think there are some other things at play that can make sense onto why both those things got bumped up. Uh, quality of teammate seems to be the most obvious one. Um, the last three years, Jeff Skinner's played more minutes with Derek Ryan and Victor Rask than Jack Eichel. Yeah, so that's probably going to change this season. So. Derek Ryan, Victor Rask, a buyout candidate, like the, the Wild, they're trying to get rid of him <laughs> for Jack. <laughs> they were going to get rid of him for Jack Johnson to give you an idea of uh, his value right now. So you're talking about not only like not top end centers, but really replacement level or worse players uh, the last few years, and Eichel being a, a breath of fresh air for him. Um, I think Eichel is one of the elite uh, distributors of the puck in hockey. So, And Skinner's great at earning those high-danger chances and getting into those hard-to-reach areas. He's a great skater. So, quite frankly, I think the quality of teammate bump is going to help pull back the aging curve and outweigh it a little bit. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like, you go, he's 27 I, he's, I, I, you sit there and go, he's 27, you get to the tail end of his 
contract, and yeah, he might be 34 or 35, but if nothing's happened in the next three or four years, it wasn't this contract that didn't have Buffalo succeed, is it? It's not this one that's the problem. This is fine, what they've paid him for here. Yeah, he'd have he'd have to be injury-riddled for something to to really not work with this, and people are going to point out he, he has had uh, past years where he has been injured, but I think that's that hasn't been the case in a few in a number of years now. I know it was concussion related stuff in Carolina, but uh, I'm gonna pull up his games played because I, I think he's been decent with that the last number of years. That is the hard thing with any long term signing, though. You can have a player that's healthy, they suddenly get an injury, and then they're constantly in and out of the lineup. I mean, you look at Melkin, you know, he is brilliant. But he struggles to stay on the ice for more than 60 games a year. And the way the Penguins team's constructed, that's kind of a problem. You get a guy like Skinner, and if that starts to happen to him, then that becomes a problem for, for Buffalo. But it's the same for any team in the league. You pay this guy the money, he's going to get you, I think, at least 35 over the next five years, um, a year. And I think you'd be happy with that. Goal scoring's hard in this league. Anybody that gets a goal scorer should try and keep a hold of them or re-sign them to make sure they don't go away. So he entered the league in 2010-11 at 18. I'm going to just quickly read off all his games played. And at the end, I'm 82, 64, 42, but that 42 was the 48-game shortened season 71 77 82 79 82 82 i don't know where this <laughs> people i remember hearing how people are like oh he's uh he's prone to injury well, what? If, if he is he hasn't missed games he's missed three games the last four years that's his dribble to games me. the last five and 19 the last six years so okay whatever (laughs) so his style of play is built on speed but i I think he has a frame and a style of skating that uh, will lend itself to you know giving the sabers i think the sabers will get at least five good years out of this yeah um and you know They'll deal with those three later, but for right now, they have to do something. They have Eichel and Darlene, and what are you going to do? Not surround them with players? You don't get those players all the time. They have them. It's time to time to cash in on some assets and, and make a go of it. Yeah. And as you said, this isn't going to be the contract that gets in their way by any stretch. Um, no, it's never these ones. I, that's that's the thing. Like I get why fans get worried about overpaying for players like this, um, but these aren't the overpayments that kill your cap situation or stop you from being able to sign another quality player. These aren't the contracts that do that to you. Yeah, it's the Kyle Oposo ones. Yeah, it's the Matt Molson ones. And did I? I think I read Anders. Anders Lee being tied to the Sabres, and I'm like, stop taking Islander retread <laughs> UFA wingers and giving them money because it's not going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go to a different, go to a different feeder team. Not that one. But um, 
Ristolainen's still a tradable asset. They could get out of that if they wanted to. Zach Bogosian's 5.1 mil is off the books after next year. Um, Matt Hunwick's 2.25 is off the books. They're not in ca- – yeah, the nine, it, it's a lot. But they have room. The alternative was losing a potential, in my opinion, 35-plus goal scorer with Eichel for nothing and not having a replacement. And the cap situation, um, they're not in a pinch. There are options still to be had. So for me, this was um, kind of an easy choice for for the Sabres. And the cost to acquire him was nothing. Correct. And the the other thing with Buffalo, though, is beyond this season, they've only got Ristolainen, Darlin, Eichel, Skinner, and Oposo, oh no, and Carter Hutton signed. That's it. They've got so much flexibility in regards to what they want to do. So. <laughs> Maybe not with Oposo. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, 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 I know I, what you're saying. Yeah. But... <laughs> they've, they've, they've barely got a roster signed beyond, you know, next season, 1920. 19, so you, you're ready yourself, right? How are they going to do this? There's so many options that they're going to have now that. It, it should be it should be really fun as a general manager because you've almost got a blank slate here. I have no idea what's coming up through the pipeline with um, with this roster, and you wonder whether they'll go the whole let's bring a pipeline in, or whether they'll look to try and use that cap space to bring in some um, some older talent. I think both. I think Victor Olafson is a is a winger that scored a shitload of goals in rochester uh they brought him up at the end and he did okay uh alex nylander they really need him to show a pulse yeah that's true will borgen is a defenseman that they played a little bit at the end of last year um lawrence pilot should get more time under ralph krueger so there are some in-house improvements they can make but to your point i think they're definitely going to be searching for uh, out-of-organization talent to try and fill some of these holes. And lo and behold, um, Pierre Lebrun mentioning um, a name that we have already talked about this offseason. Well, offseason for the Penguins, <laughs> at least. We still have a <laughs> season still going. Might be might be over by the time you listen to this podcast, but it's still going as of this moment. Uh, but it was uh, Zucker from Minnesota being brought up and Botterill has done business with Minnesota, albeit that was with Chuck Fletcher, not Fenton, but it seems like it's better to do business with Fenton. <laughs> yeah. At the moment, it certainly feels that way. Um, yeah, this, but I always feel like Buffalo are about to get it right. And something goes wrong and it doesn't happen. So, I'm in a wait-and-see period here, and we'll, we'll see how they go about getting this sorted because there's a really good skeleton there. It's a question of how do they put the meat on the frame because there's not a lot of contracts signed beyond, and, and that I think that's going to be great, but it's sort of like a, you've got two off-seasons to do something, like this one next and the next off-season, 
and that's going to be where all the big decisions are made and that's going to be a team they're going to have for the next five years that's the make or break time frame because after he's done that there's not going to be a lot of cap space to tinker with it'll all be filled with decisions that they've locked in on yeah Batterell has to step up this summer um the O'Reilly trade sucked um yep. I do think there were some outside variables that yep. made it suck namely <laughs> owner being cheap uh, ironically the owner that bragged about how rich he was uh, yes but you're but, rich but, for not throwing money away willy-nilly there is a reason for that yeah well his team sucked last year because of that trade yep, so absolutely um so you can't undo the ryan o'reilly thing but um the skinner thing happened that was a nice um influx of goal scoring talent at a minimum cost so not that it totally offsets the o'reilly thing because i do think that having a second line center like o'reilly and eichel o'reilly would have been better than a skinner uh, eichel combo in my opinion because i do think that highly of o'reilly but um you know i was looking at skinner since he entered the league, he's fifth overall in goals scored per 60 at even strength. He's an elite goal scorer, five on five, and that's a commodity worth Pineapple. quite a bit. Yep. He's ahead of Alex Ovechkin. Jesus, just for context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um, seventh overall. And uh, Skinner's fifth. And I wrote about that today. Why can't I remember the other four ahead of him? <laughs> I'll find it right now. Steven Stamkos is number one right. since 2010-11. Kind of a, I, I just started it when Skinner entered the league. So maybe Ovechkin, if you count his earlier years, would, would be higher. Um, but for this sample, Rick Nash, too, the underrated Rick Nash. Tarasenko, three. McDavid, four. And there's Skinner at five. Right. So, um, and then the other thing I don't think I mentioned about the, the nine million is what we've kind of been harping on, but I think cap hit percentage is a better way to frame these things. Yes. Because as the cap, the cap's going to be 83 million. That nine million cap hit is not the same as when... Crosby signed 8.7 million and Malkin signed 9.5 million and Taves and Kane signed what 10 10 and a half yeah I'm not comparing Skinner to those players but what I am saying is how could he make more than Sidney Crosby how can that be a good deal well because the cap is significantly higher and it's not as much of a percentage well 9.54 is the cap hit percentage so. four. I think it's for his previous... Oh, that's his Carolina one. Where's his current one? He's 11.3. That He's 20. The math did, didn't um, sound right at all. Yeah. Um, so I ran a cap-friendly search on cap hit percentages based on players that were UFA eligible when they signed them. And he's 20th in the league. It's not bad considering how well he scores at 5 on 5. Yeah, and so when you put it into that frame, I think it's pretty fair. Uh, Taves and Kane are at 15.2%. Uh, Kane, that's fine. Taves, not so much. 
Yeah. And then Crosby and Malkin are at 14.8 and 14.5. Uh, Phil Kessel at 12.4%. However, that is the 8 million uh, uh, Toronto stuff. Yeah. So Penguins are getting pretty good value. It still remains strange why they would want to uh, get out of that. <sighs> but then you got um, Zach Parise at 12.6. I think Skinner will – that'll be a better – he's better than Parise in my opinion. Um, so Corey Perry at 13.4%. Um, we'll be discussing that one a little bit later. Not so great. Uh, so it's, it's not completely out of line. It's not absurd. It's not like, oh my God, they're so desperate. What a bunch of idiots. It's, it's slightly expensive, but it's not hurting their cap situation. And the alternative was that there was no replacing it. So um, overall, when you when you put in all those variables, I think it's um, it's a sound contract, if a slight overpay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, I I don't think it's so much of an overpay to be honest. Five on five goal scoring is hard to get, and as soon as you get somebody that can do it for you and, and do it often. Like, think about it. You got 40 goals. It's like a goal every second game. If you can guarantee yourself that for a year, you're gonna, you should win a lot of games. You should. And and, and I, I want to continue to stress, think of Carolina's centermen the last, since 2010-11. Are any of them popping into your head that jump off the page like, oh, yeah, that's that's really awesome? No, Jordan Stoll has his skill sets, but helping create <laughs> offense for others is not one of them. <laughs> no. No, it is not. So, <laughs> yes, aging curve. But Jack Eichel, like Skinner's been flying solo for a long time, and the first year he wasn't, he set career highs. Yeah, and Eichel is coming into his best for his own aging curve. So if you are going to have an aging scoring forward, put him on the coattails of somebody that is uh, improving, and I think you're going to balance out that whatever that aging curve might be for Skinner, if that makes sense. Yeah, Eichel will be 23 this year, so he's got a number yeah. number of very great years ahead of him. I see no slowing down. Um, Eichel, I love watching him play. He's, he's excellent. He controlled zone exits, entries, creating for everybody. He, he deserves a Jeff Skinner, and yep. now he's got one for the long term. Which so. is good. So they can just worry about who rides on their coattails on the other side of the ice. And you know what? Ralph Kruger, I have no doubt in my mind, will deploy his lineup way better than Phil Housley. I think Kruger will actually understand that Rasmus Dahlin was a number one overall pick and will play him as such. Yeah. Because the deployment, like the roster issues aside... Phil Housley did a horrendous job of maximizing what they did have. And I think that's going to change with um, Kruger. To be honest, as a player, all you ever ask for is to be put in a situation to succeed. As a general manager, all you ever ask for of your coach is to actually utilize the toys that you give him properly. And stashing away Darlene like he was uh, a nobody rookie was not exactly doing that. Yeah, it was so weird. I, I still don't get it. I, very dumb, very dumb. But um, 
so yeah, that that was um, kind of big news in my neck of the woods. I think most most Saber fans that I see are pretty pretty happy about that. So which is good. Um, switching gears, switching divisions, but same conference. The Flyers traded for the rights of Kevin Hayes, so they're trying to fill out their roster. Um, I think Kevin Hayes is a pretty damn good player. Um, he's not going to make $9 million like Jeff Skinner, but I do think he's going to come in that $6 million range. And, you know, looking at the Flyers roster, they have Couturier, who's really come into his own. He's on an excellent contract. Yep. Four, 4.33 mil. And he's really good player now. Um, I think they're a little bit unsure with... Uh, Nolan Patrick at the moment, uh, but he, but he's, I mean, he's what? A, yeah, yeah, just two year second year player. Yep, and that's fine. You think about Couturier, like he he came out of the league with a a big splash because of the that Penguin series, but he had his ups and downs before he got to where he is now, where everybody quite clearly goes, great contract, really good player, um, and consistently good. I, it, it must be tough, one, playing in Philly, but two, being a, a, a Flyers fan, because you can see that they're so tough on their, their stars. They're so tough on their prospects that are supposed to be awesome. And, and it, it must be mind-blowing at times to play in that environment when they get so down on you so quickly. And, and you know, then you have the whole Andrew McDonald situation as well there because i hear rumors that they're thinking of moving a couple of their young defensemen and it's like why i thought i heard ghost name in that yeah that that, makes no sense no that's right i'm thinking surely somebody's just playing playing us for the fool on twitter but i'm like i swear i read that in a couple of different places and you you go this this flies team is is really close as a penguins man really close to being annoyingly good you know what i mean because Pittsburgh's at that teetering point of where they might get bad real quick if they're not careful. This team is at a point where if they deploy their defensemen properly and they do get somebody like Hayes to fill out their forward depth over the next five or six years, they're going to be all right. And you're going to have to play them in the playoffs and they're always coin flips. Yeah, and you know Hayes being important because Giroux's not a center anymore. They, they like him on the wing and... When he did make that change, wow, I, I was really writing off Giroux um, two years ago because his even strength scoring plummeted. Yeah, it's, it's like no 8.2 mil for that is not good. But Hart finalist, or if he wasn't, he was right there. Yeah. Um, had a wonderful year. Voracek, he's making 8.25 until global warming kills us all, but... <laughs> Which doesn't really, I guess, give a time frame on that. No, um, that could be next year, but yeah, it's a long time. Five more years. Yeah. Uh, Van Riemsdyk, I like as a player, seven mil. Uh, I like the Skinner contract better than the Van Riemsdyk one. I do too. Put it that way. But the Couturier, con- Couturier contract balances some of that stuff out. You can have some terrible contracts in your roster. As long as you have some that bounce the other way, and the Couturier one really does that for them. 
You know, they need to get the most out of Nolan Patrick this year on the last year of his entry level. Like that, this is the sort of thing. Like they going for yeah, Hayes but now if is Nolan good. Patrick doesn't step up. That that contract's not going to be <laughs> all that much, anyways. No, no, it's not so much. <clears throat> it's not so much the increase. It's more a matter of well, they're only paying him theoretically the bare minimum, right? You can use that cap space for something else this year in a year yeah. where they could really push forward, and. You, you know, you've always said it about Pittsburgh. Then you need to have those entry-level guys come up that play above... The, well, their output is above their cap hit. And that's usually where you get it from. You don't find that in unrestricted free agency. You don't normally find that stuff in an RFA trade sort of thing. So you just got to cross your fingers and hope that it works out for them. I mean, well, they ask, I... I, I... I don't have to cross my fingers and hope it works out for them. If you're a fan, you do. If you ask, <laughs> <us>, you don't. <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Uh, Travis Konechny, you know, another promising younger player uh, for them, probably needs to take the next step there. But, um, you know, they're, they're not far off. I mean... They could easily jump Columbus this offseason, depending on what the hell happens there. Well, you know? I, I think if Carter Hart is like a quarter of the prospect that they're hoping he is, they're going to be fine. They'll make the playoffs. Yeah, they, you know what? I, I, I glossed over him. He he did a nice job in the NHL last year. So um, they've been chasing goaltending for a long time, and I, I think personally I feel the strongest about um, his potential to, to finally be that guy for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think it's always a great idea to be trading draft picks, even if they're not high-end draft picks for sci- or UFA rights, especially with that um, weak discussing period. It does seem an odd decision to me, like because of that week that exists now. It's like, so what's the point? I guess they've targeted him. They're going to bring him in early, and hopefully they're going to... The, and, at least from where I sit, they're going to try and hammer that deal out. They, they wanted their guy, and they felt like, you know what? We would rather increase our odds by not letting him talk to anybody else for a fifth-round pick. So um, clearly yeah. they feel strongly about him enough to the point where um, they're going to make it happen. That part of the logic I get, it's just that that weak thing now, I thought would have stopped this from happening. So it's interesting that the, the philosophy was still utilized. So, you know, Kevin Hayes, he'll he'll be a uh, he's always given Pittsburgh trouble. He'll just be maybe doing it in a different color jersey now. Yeah. So, um, uh, where to go? All right. So Jim Benning might be out doing the Oilers by in. Being open to the possibility of taking Milan Lucic's contract on, which is one of the worst in the league. Why would uh, you bail them out? I don't. Because they think they're bailing themselves out. The, the popular belief is they would be getting rid of Louis Erickson, who had some rift with the uh, his deployment. They make the same, but Erickson's for one last year, and quite frankly, I think he, while he's kind of washed as a player. 
it's not as washed as Lucic, and I think he brings more to the table. Erickson can do more. Like, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't... And the other thing is, you're trading him to Edmonton. And I think if you... I I wouldn't... As a general manager, I would do absolutely nothing that would help the Oilers. Because you do not need Connor McDavid tearing it up. Like, you don't need him to, you know, have the ball and chain taken off his ankles. So, I just... Canadian general managers, eh? Yeah, but you know what? Um, teams bend over backwards for the Blackhawks every year, or did. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, what is it? Winning culture. We'll trade for the winning culture guy, I suppose, but I don't really see that with Lucic. Been a while since he's been in a winning culture. Yeah, it's almost like the culture thing's tied to winning. <laughs> you stop winning, you stop having culture? Uh, I, uh, culture matters more when you're coaching high school and stuff like that. These are At adults. the professional level, for the most part, these guys treat it like it's professional. They do what they need to do. They might not all get along. They might not all be best friends. But very rarely is the... Okay, say you have like an average, above average or great team. How often is the culture ever even close to being bad enough to undo the, um, that? I think never. You know yeah, what I mean? So like... You could have the best culture with the best of friends on a team, but if you're losing all the time, like that people are going to be kind of down and not want to come to the rink. So you might as well fuck all that culture talk and just try to collect the the most good to great players that you can because it'll take care of itself. Yeah. And trust me, I'm an expert. I, I live in western New York. I watch the Sabres and Bills. They love culture. And what haven't they done in forever? Win. <coughs> They have it backwards. Funny how that works, isn't it? You know? So. Yeah. Uh, idiots. I, I assume that the Canucks would um, have to... Or would it... The Oilers would have to give a little extra. Yeah, I'm, we'd think so. Um You'd have to, if you were, the, I mean, I know Ericsson's six. What's Lucic's cap hit again? Same. Yeah, if, if you were the Canucks, you wouldn't be doing that one for one. You'd be wanting, you'd be wanting a draft pick or something. And Lucic is British Columbian, so. Oh, send him home. That would be, um, one of the places, uh, it's been suggested he would waive his contract or his movement clause for this whole season needs to hurry up and end so we can get to the draft so we can get to the um, get to the UFA stuff and see some of these teams try to rejigger themselves and get themselves sorted because this season just feels like it's gone on forever and I know that, like, Game 6 is today, 
but it just feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> well, it's been a while since the Penguins lost in round one. I don't think that's helping. No, that hasn't that 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 hasn't particularly bothered me. Like the fact that the Penguins are out, and you know, quite clearly the interest for me wanes a little bit from that. But it just feels like there've been so many two-day gaps in certain segments of the playoff run that the season's just got extended way too way too long. Like if this goes to Game Seven, what are we looking at? The fourteenth or the thirteenth for the for the last game of the year? Ooh, I hadn't even contemplated the Blues blowing this tonight. <laughs> no, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, if they do blow it, it pushes it out again to the... Uh, 12th. Yeah, there you go, to the 12th. So for me, it, it's like the 13th. It's like the middle of middle of June. I, I don't see how they keep making it this long. Ooh, the draft's in Vancouver. Maybe that'll be the big announcement. Milan Lucic coming home. <laughs> what a... Draft day trade that would be, hey? Woohoo! For Elias Patterson, <laughs> uh, the new alien. Let's see, Vancouver. When is the draft? Is is unrestricted free agency like the first of July? Yes. Right. So it's going to be. It, it's before then, isn't it? The draft, normally? Yes, yes. Yeah, right. So, they've at least got themselves a week and a bit in between. 21st. Right, and then... So we're close, I mean... 11 days. It's uh, not far off. Yeah. So... Might be able to get excited at some point. And Pittsburgh actually has a first-round pick this year, although I don't think they should use it, but that's just me. <clears throat> um, just quickly on the Stanley Cup, is it just a confluence of this year that the officiating's had some really big errors in it? I let out an audible groan, even though I'm kind of pulling for the Blues just because um, they haven't ever yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bozak tripped him, and then I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Before the goal even went in, like, five seconds later, I was like, geez, how how can you be standing right there and, and let that go? And then, of course, of course, the goal went in. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's brutal. How do you – it's not a close call. I actually bothered to sit down and watch the entire game – uh, Friday night, my time, and they're just not calling anything. Like this is this is what they're asking for. Like this is how the game's getting called. They're just they're not they're not calling any of the penalties. And you go well at some point something egregious is going to slip by because they're constantly putting their whistles away. And it's the whole same argument. We have every year when we get to the playoffs, oh, I don't want to blow my whistle because I don't want to affect the outcome of the sport. Well, by not blowing your whistle, people it, get held no, and slashed and tripped. There's no situation in where you're not impacting the game. So get the fuck over that and blow the fucking thing. Yeah. Because yeah, you I, fucked the Bruins over by not making that call. Correct. And I think what's annoying is that the head of officiating 
doesn't want to take any responsibility. Like he said, oh, we don't discuss judgment calls. And it's like every call is a judgment call. You've got to get there, just front up and say, we got it wrong. Like, just be honest enough to say, we got that wrong. We will be better next time. None of this, just, it doesn't help the Bruins fans or anything like that. But to sit behind it and go, well, it's a judgment call. It's not a penalty. It's like, well, bullshit, it's not a penalty. It's a missed call. It's just a flat-out missed call. I, I Bruins have come out pretty good each of the last few games. I, I imagine that'll be the case tonight. I couldn't see it being any different either. I would be very surprised if they don't have 15-plus shots in that first period today. It's always a great atmosphere when the home team Could clinches the cup. <clears throat> um, I think that would be pretty cool. But... Um, you know, Bennington's going to have to outplay Rask, and that's not not a easy proposition because Rask only gave up the two, and one of them was on a <laughs> bullshit yeah. penalty, and the other one was uh, Ryan O'Reilly, that fucking loser. <laughs> Bad culture guy. <clears throat> Bad culture guy. Fucking asshole scoring two points in a 2-1 <laughs> win in game five of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Although I will say. You know, driving your truck into a restaurant probably and running. <laughs> probably not. Would would apply as a piece of shit, but um, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, Zdeno Chara broken jaw playing. Um, I think for him it's a little bit easier to do because people got to really work to get up there to hit him. Unlike when he was so tough in 2013, punching Crosby's broken jaw. Yeah, it's. I I did forget that. <laughs> I actually had. Um, yeah, it's really hard to. He's seven foot fifty five. You just can't get to his noggin. Like you're gonna have Shen to. Shen tried. You're gonna have to take a penalty to do it. Shen gave him a, a good run, but not tall enough. Um, and and that's big for the Bruins. He he's at worst their fourth best. Which shows you it does show you how amazing he is, doesn't it? <laughs> he's nowhere close to the player he was. Although he's still allowed to cheat, he he doesn't seem to get called for his interference or his reaching. No. So that makes it difficult. So um, having him. In the lineup, as opposed to next man up, that even with the broken jaw, it, it's really helpful to to have that. So it um, it'll be interesting. I'll I'll definitely be tuning in tonight. Um, be kind of cool for the Blues to win their first ever title, and then uh, basketball wise, Toronto to do the same. Oh, is that tonight as well? That game? Oh, no, Jesus. no, no. Is that the they're, day after? Yeah. yeah, they're not on the same time period. The, the the NBA and the NHL usually do a good job of not stepping on each other's toes. Oh, yeah, 11 o'clock tomorrow. Well, half of my office will be pretending to work whilst they watch that. Yeah, hopefully Durant plays. Mine's... I, I like watching that team when they're at full strength. They just haven't been. No, it's been um, it's been an interesting watch as well watching the, the two teams play slightly different styles and 
you know, Kawhi Leonard, just Kawhi Leonard him, really. He's been unreal. Yeah, I've, been, I've, I've actually probably, I think I've watched more of that than the hockey. The basketball oh, just lends itself to more fun. It's 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 interesting you say that because, you know, you and I are, are highly invested in the Penguins, and obviously when they're in, we're watching it with great interest. I wonder whether my disinterest this time around is because it's the Bruins. Like, I was really curious last year to see how the Capitals would go. Um, because yeah, against the, Vegas, like, that was great. Yeah. I, I love that matchup. This... Um, the Bruins, I just, I don't know. I love Brad Marchand, the player, but I, I can think he's an asshole. It's tough it's hard to, like, to yeah, get behind that. Like, especially even, you know, when I was covering the World Cup for Hockey Buzz, I, I got handed the duties to cover Canada because of Crosby, and I loved watching him play with Bergeron and Sid. But he's just such a fucking dope for the sake of being a dope. I don't, I don't know why he's got to do that. Something innately wrong in the way he views the world and what he thinks is is good and bad. That's what it comes down to. Otherwise, he would have would have realized that doing things a little bit differently, he would have changed by now. And like another Boston team playing for a title is not very appealing at the moment. I kind of forget how successful they've been around the sports. <laughs> I mean, I have I, I really don't hate the Red Sox by any stretch. They won the Patriots. I mean, being a Bills fan, it gets it's been a long it's been a long fifteen years with Tom fucking Brady. But you know, even then, I don't like. It's 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 not their fault the Bills suck. <laughs> Correct. But it's still Boston overkill. Even if the Bruins have kind of um they haven't been a constant. Winning in twenty eleven, losing in the finals in uh twenty thirteen. They haven't been there as much, so I, I probably shouldn't hold that against the Bruins. I think it's just a general Boston thing. Yeah. So, um, anything else? No, I think that's it. Well, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, we'll run with that. No, actually, the St. Louis Dispatch accidentally, uh, I think on their website, leaked the winning headlines. Uh, Somebody hit publish. (laughs) Which, you know, has no bearing on the game. But it's just like one of those ah uh, shit. Damn it! Because even right. if you win, you kind of got to change them. Yeah, that's right. It's um, oops. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the biggest event in St. Louis is actually not going to be the Stanley Cup final. No. No. Um, June eleventh which is in two days, Fish kicks off summer tour in St. Louis. Right, so that's uh, here we go. a lot more important than any Stanley <sighs> Cup final. Here we go. Opening up uh, the 11th <laughs> and 12th. In, although the 12th is game seven, so I don't know. Maybe they won't get a good crowd there for that one. 
But, no, but they'll have a massive one if uh, they win it in six. No, but that kicks off my favorite time of year. Um, summer concert season is always the best. So yeah, Once I start hearing fish, I know it's summertime. Right? Yeah. Or New Year's. <laughs> start getting fish references, I've sort of got an idea what time of the year it is. Yeah, in the next month, I think I have going to four of them. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's your uh, kind of arts and music update here. There's your seasonal the musical hurts. update of the Hockey Hurts podcast. Now, now you're off today, yes? Yeah, Queen's birthday holiday, so um, don't ask. Um, so, yeah, day off. It's a day off. Queen yeah, Victoria? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when Elizabeth dies, you might get another holiday. Oh, who knows? They ch- We've got... The East Coast take this day, and then last week, the state that I used to live in, WA, took the a, a different holiday off for the same thing. So it's like, they just do whatever the fuck they want with the holiday. I don't care. It's just funny how there's no homogenization of certain holidays. It's like, why? <sighs> but you're, um, it's funny, because I'm heading towards great weather, and you're kind of trending not so not so much winter time yeah we're, we're smack bang in the middle of winter so whilst we don't get snow it gets to like zero degrees celsius so it gets cold well boohoo yeah <laughs> i'll give you i'll give you a rochester winter see how you like it no 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 i want to come and visit one day but no 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 <laughs> yeah it just ended by the way um winter here <laughs> it, we don't have a spring anymore it just goes cold through april may's kind of rainy and now it's summer <laughs> that's what happens here it, we, we I've, I've said for a while now that we two seasons have been dropped it literally just goes winter summer summer winter, you know what i mean like there's no there's there's no autumn and, and there's no springtime anymore it's just cold then it's hot <laughs> and then it's hot and then it's just cold there's no sort of transitional to it it's bizarre you have a favorite summer drink? Um, oh, not really, to be honest. I've worked out that I really like red wine. I can drink that any time of the year, and that's probably probably where I need to be. I probably need to catch up with Mario and, and find out what his red wine's like. <laughs> probably uh, where I stand. Yeah, I um, I gotta get the blender out. It's about that time of year. Oh. Um, mine is a drink from my dad's, or my friend's dad uh, taught us probably earlier than age should, that, should, that, that he should have. <laughs> um, it's called Polish Lemonade. Right. And it is... Quite a concoction. You take a frozen concentrate, any any juice really. It can be orange, it can be lemonade, it can be whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And you just put that in the blender. Then you fill that empty concentrate can up with vodka and throw it in the blender. And then you, and I know this is some people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? You you put a full beer in there. Yeah, so you had me up until the beer part. No, trust me, you don't taste the beer for carbonation. Right, okay. Um, 
and alcohol, of course. Well, um, you're obviously looking for get that ice part of in it. there. Blend it up. You'll thank me. You don't taste the alcohol, but you feel it. <laughs> Isn't that the whole point? You're not supposed to taste the alcohol. It's just supposed to knock you out. Um, don't don't get lost with that beer. I promise you, <laughs> it's fine. Because I get the same reaction, and then people have it. They're like, "Oh my god, what is this?" What so it can be lemonade, it can be orange, it can be lime, it can be whatever. Cool. Oh, I like it. I'll have to give it a crack when I hit summertime, because it's too effing cold to have anything like that at the moment. Red wine is like a warning beverage for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, you know what? I'm going to make one of those for I was say, six. You're going to go make one of those right now? I think I am. So, sorry, podcast <laughs> is ending. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. And that next time we'll have a new champion. We'll have a draft to talk about. And as you wanted, we should have some free agency rumors and all sorts of other stuff. So, um, awesome. We'll catch you uh, later, guys. Catch you next time. See you. Bye.